As NFL teams continue to squabble over who will reign supreme next year, a new dog has entered the fight. The XFL is all the buzz right now as ratings continue to impress in a pleasantly fresh football experience. We have it all right here on Beyond the Blip. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Blitz crew back at it, as always. Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers. Special guest today, we have Bridgewater College cornerback star Joe Karen. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great today. Uh, thankful to be here. Excited to talk football with you guys. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, it's something I could talk for hours about every team, every player. So I'm excited to be here. Absolutely, man. I'm happy to have you on. Yes, sir. First time, as always, we got to give our guests a little bit of warm-up segment. So we're going to go into our headliners real quick. We got 10 quick questions for you, and you're going to give us your take on them. Okay. Number one, New Orleans quarterback Drew Brees has announced that he will return for the 2020 season for last hoorah at a championship. He will become the fifth quarterback to play in 20 seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that puts him in some pretty good company. It's Tom Brady's on that list. Brett Favre as well. I mean, you have some other guys like Vinny Testaverde. Yeah, like yeah, Vinny Testaverde. towards the end of their career were backups mostly. Yeah, so, you know, a couple journeymen in there. But still, that's that's an amazing accomplishment to play quarterback, especially like at the level that he's played for 20 seasons. He's been in the Pro Bowl like most of the past 10 seasons or so thrown for 5,000 yards, I believe, several seasons, uh, which is absolutely mind-boggling. And has he already uh, announced that he's coming back to the Saints? Or Yes, he'll yes. be with the Saints. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, he is, he is just a very cherished person to the city of New Orleans. That also raises the question, where's Hill and Bridgewater going to go? Because New Orleans already said they're not going to keep all three quarterbacks. Right, but Taysom Hill did say he wants to play with Reese. He's looking forward to it. Jason Mills also said um, he's willing to go somewhere else if it means playing. There's so, a lot in the air for this offseason. Yes. Uh, do we think Taysom like could be a straight-up quarterback on another team, or would he be like a all-purpose athlete player? He's Maybe. too unproven at this point to say he has less passing stats than receiver Muhammad Sanu. Yeah. So, moving on, Greg Olson has finally found a home as he has signed a one-year $7 million contract with the Seattle Seahawks. And what a one-two punch tight end tandem this team is about to have. Yeah, uh, with Disley. Well, I think that's a really savvy move by Pete Carroll. For a tight end of Greg Olson's caliber to sign him to a one-year $7 million deal, I feel like that's the least amount of money that you could have given away to Greg. Uh, I mean, like, not that he got, like, skimped or anything, but that's a really veteran move by by Pete Carroll picking him up. Seattle's going to be dangerous next. you look out for yeah. that offense. Joe Burrow, as the draft gets closer and closer, rumors begin to escalate. He may possibly dodge the Bengals on draft day. That would be the first time this has happened in quite a while. What do you think about this? I saw earlier he was born in, uh, it was, like, Athens, Ohio. So, I mean, I, he probably still has some family there, so I think... It is a little surprising that uh, he, he would want to dodge the Bengals. I mean, there's definitely worse places you could be. Like, I mean, if he goes to Cincinnati, he's got Mixon there. I don't know if Tyler Eifert's going to stay or not, but... You also have A.J. Green up in the air right now, too. Yeah, A.J. Green is Tyler is, Boyd is a toss-up. And I think it's just a new regime right now. I mean, they had new coach Zach Taylor there last year, mm. and Marvin Lewis is 
gone and pretty much everything that he established is pretty much gone because yeah. they're going to try to trade Andy Dalton too. So, I mean, it's just up in the air whether he thinks this is a franchise that could succeed for the next 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if I were Joe Burrow, I, I think I would see that as, as a, a good opportunity to kind of, like, take this program that's on the rise and if they did well in the next couple of years or made the playoffs, it'd be like, oh, yeah, that was because they brought Joe Burrow in. So Yeah. Arizona Cardinals have re-signed offensive tackle DJ Humphreys to a three-year deal worth $45 million. I mean, obviously they value him. I think they have a lot of faith in their system, what they're, what they're, what they're doing with Kyler Murray right now. DJ Humphreys protecting his blind side. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think definitely, like, if Kyler's your franchise guy, you're going to spend a lot of money him to money on him to protect that blind side. The Cardinals uh, could be two short years away from being contenders. Yep. Oh, oh, definitely. I, I don't know. David Johnson, he was an MVP contender like a couple seasons ago. They but, also now have Kenyon Drake, who would yeah. help when he was with Arizona. Kenyon Drake yeah. had a very good season. And he's a free year. agent this offseason. I think Arizona would be stupid not to re-sign him. Yeah. They brought him in for a reason. It wasn't they, to make a playoff. They push. got some good young defensive players, Buda Baker, safety, and so yep. I don't know. Josh Norman has officially been released by the Washington Redskins. This leaves the question, where could the veteran defensive back go? That is a good question. I don't know. I I think he might be past like the prime of his career. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard to say that because he had a really good season with Carolina like 2 years ago. He was in talks for a uh, defensive player of the year, I think. But I mean, I'm not sure. I think, you know, some team that's thin at corner will probably thinking about be picking him up like i don't know like the raiders or yeah uh, some team like the afc west or something like that don't so. forget this kid was benched last season but the thing yeah. is you got to think about it he thrived under ron rivera so why didn't that's ron true. rivera give him a chance for at least another season ron rivera also true. got rid of him he's done it now twice so he yeah. obviously doesn't like something about josh norman yeah chargers yeah. head coach anthony lynn has said that tyrod taylor could possibly be the qb for the chargers next season but what do you think they might actually do? Are they going to go this route? Uh, all right, so Philip Rivers is out of there, yep. right? He's out. I just don't see Tyrod Taylor thriving in the offensive that they have. Like, the offensive that they've run the past couple of years and under Anthony Lynn, it's like, you know, with Philip Rivers, spread it out, go empty, throw the ball all over the field, like, you know, have screens to Melvin Gordon and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I don't know, Tyrod Taylor, I don't know if he's really built for that system, so... I think they're going to go with someone who's more of like a pocket passer, someone who can fling the ball all over the field. There are more talented quarterbacks in the NFL or coming into the NFL right now than there ever has been. I think the Chargers need to outsource. Definitely. I think it's a good idea to have Tyra Taylor as that bridge quarterback. He's probably one of the better bridge quarterbacks you could have. Definitely, definitely. The the Bills had him as a a bridge quarterback. He did a decent job. And the Browns also had him as a bridge quarterback. Yeah. So third team... He could be a bridge quarterback. Definitely. You know who else is a good bridge quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Yay. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> the Washington Redskins have announced that they have picked up the team option for running back Adrian Peterson. How much will he contribute to the team in the 2020 season? A reminder, he is fifth on the all-time rushing yards list and only needs just over 1,000 yards to pass all-time great Barry Sanders. Uh, well, I've grown up being an Adrian Peterson fan, so I would love to see him get to four on the all-time rushing list. i love to see him succeed. However, Darius Geis is coming back from a couple injury-riddled years, mm-hmm. and I think he's going to get a lot of carries. I mean, he's a ta- really talented guy, and they're going to give him a lot of carries just to get him back into the system. So I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe like a 500, 400-yard season for AP. That's kind of generous, honestly, because they yeah. still have Chris Thompson. Yeah. With, with healthy again, 
great running back. And second-year running back Bryce Love, who is fantastic Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So. One of them has to be trade bait. Yeah. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin has publicly responded to Miles Garrett bringing up the Mason Rudolph racing comment. What do you think about all this? So, I mean, both Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph are very firm on what they believe went down. Miles Garrett, he's said on several occasions that Mason Rudolph called him the N-word. Mason Rudolph vehemently denied it. But I mean, if you know, if like if you're in Mike Tomlin's position, you're going to give your own like currently starting quarterback the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I think he basically just said he basically told Mason like it's with every it's within all of all of your rights to just sue Miles Garrett and protect yourself. So there was no mics on the field. There's no way they can prove whatever happened either situation. Yeah. This is just going to die off. Nothing's going to happen. People are going to live their own lives. Yada, yada, yada. Maybe another fight next season. We'll see. Jason Witten says he wants to play in 2020, even if it's for another team. Can you actually see Witten in not a Cowboys uniform? And if so, where? It's very difficult. I believe he's played his whole career with the Cowboys. And ESPN Broadcasting. <laughs> yeah, I would much rather listen to Tony Romo on that. If I had to guess any team Jason Witten's going to end up on, uh, this is going to sound really weird, but I was thinking Eagles earlier. Hmm. I don't know. Something about like his attitude and just like the bald head. I just feel like he'd fit in in Philly. Witten and Ertz would be and God, dangerous. That would be disgusting. God, there's no way. That'd be insane. Yeah. The onside kick king, Young Ho Koo, is coming back to Atlanta on a one-year deal. What do you think about this pick? I mean, I I think he's a really talented young guy. I just saw that video where he, like, rainbows the ball over his head and then kicks it through the goalpost and then mm-hmm. does a backflip. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that'll translate to the field. Um, but obviously he's, he's showing a lot of potential. I think like with the playing time he did get his, he had a pretty high kicking percentage. So when he was with the chargers, he struggled, he struggled a lot in the kicking game, but he looked a lot better last season in Atlanta. Yeah. So we'll see where he does. A lot of forward. improvement. Yeah. So as Brandon mentioned in the intro, we are going to talk about the XFL. Let's take a break a little bit from the NFL and go towards this new league we have with eight teams coming in. So again, the XFL starting two weeks ago, just a couple of stats here. So the week one ratings, so it's an average of 3.1 million viewers with the first game having 3.3 million viewers. And then going into the second week had an average that dipped down a little bit, 2.2 million viewers with his first game having 3.4 million viewers, which was more than 2 million of last year's AAF league. What do you guys think right now about this league? I remember when the AAF was going on last season, it was kind of a hot buzz for a little bit. There was a lot of fun play, a lot of good things that came out of it. And then it just stopped to get interesting pretty quickly. And the ratings just pretty much dissipated into nothing. So it was good to see the XFL ratings were still decently good in week two. And it had a higher peak in week two, but a very much lower average, almost a million lower viewers. I personally watched three games uh, the whole time through this past weekend of the XFL, and I enjoyed every single second of it. It's a fun league to watch. There's not a lot of scoring. Very gritty play, though, which is what I like. I like the old-school football style of play, and there's a lot of that in the XFL right now. This is a league that has promised a heavy three-year contract, so they're at least around for three more years, so they have time to improve on this game, get the ratings up a little bit, and prove that they should be renewed for longer. Yeah, um, I've seen the highlights of, I think, all, all the games, and it, it is a really entertaining football to watch. One thing, if this isn't my idea, I saw it on Twitter or something, but someone suggested, like, instead of putting these teams in places that already have teams, like, you know, New York, D.C., Houston, Tampa Bay, well, like, what if 
the teams were located in places like West Virginia or Mississippi or like places that don't already have teams. I want a Little Rock football team. Yeah, well... <laughs> well, mean, you're talking about that. Why not start internationally as well? Yeah. I mean, start in different countries. I mean, the NFL, we talked about it on one of our last podcasts. We talked about the Jaguars possibly moving to London next couple of years. Yeah, Maybe yeah. you can test the waters early for the NFL and seeing if football will be good in another country. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see that. I mean, like, best case scenario is, is people that aren't around football a lot they have an opportunity to experience this anew and they jump on it right away and like attendance soars well what the xfl is doing right that the aaf did wrong is you can find these games anywhere they are super watchable they have deals with abc cbs nbc all the big tv networks i was watching the game on youtube for yeah. free not yeah. youtube premium not youtube red but for YouTube, yeah, live game. These are very accessible games, and this is going to help the XFL moving forward. The reason that's happening is because they have backing money. The AAF had no backing money whatsoever, yeah. and the XFL has all the backing money in the yeah. world. I mean, they have a contract for the next three years because of that money. They have almost anywhere you can watch because they have the backing money, and the players that they're getting are some of them are former really good college players and yeah. former. NFL players who played for a good couple of seasons and might have had a good season or two. Yeah, a lot of big names. And I think it's also their success initially also has something to do with them being associated with Vince McMahon. You know, I, I mean, I know originally maybe the XFL didn't work out so good, but, you know, like people know that name. And I mean, I think he brings a lot of uh, like notoriety to that organization. Everyone know he hate me. Everyone's favorite <laughs> XFL player. <laughs> Also with the XFL, it seems like over half of these players are either former Redskins or former Ravens. Watching these games, it seems like they're talking about the Ravens, they're talking about the Redskins a lot, former players. I don't really know what more to say about that. It's just kind of a little funny quirk. But I want to talk a little bit about the XFL rules, what makes the XFL so unique, and why it is a fresh taste of football, and something that I think is enjoyable experience. And the biggest change, perhaps, is the new extra point rules. There are no longer your classic extra point kick do the uprights, get a point, go take a bathroom break type of situation uh -huh, anymore. Yeah. In the XFL, you have three options after a touchdown. You can either go for one point from the two-yard line, you can go from two points from the three-yard line, or you can go for it all three points from the ten-yard line. So extra points are no longer boring. A nine-point game is no longer a two-score yeah. game. You have a lot of really interesting shakeups here in the league. But that also leaves a question. Is this going to hurt kickers a little bit? Because that is a big part of the game. And taking away stuff like the extra point might also hurt their game. But again, it's the extra point. You're a kicker. You're expected to make it. I mean, this is the XFL we're talking about. I mean, we can relate to the NFL. I don't think the NFL would ever get rid of kickers. Um, but the XFL, for me, is pure entertainment value. And what is entertaining, more entertaining than first and goal at the 10-yard line for three yeah. points? Yep. This is pretty much a field goal Yeah. to win the game, most likely. You're down by eight points, and you go down the field, you score a touchdown, and it's a pretty much yeah. three-point play to win the game. I think that's exciting. That's what the XFL is trying to do, and I think they're doing a great job at it. It's like a game is never over. If a team's down by like 25 in the NFL that'd be a four possession game like in the XFL they're taking a whole possession off of that so I mean I think that's very interesting also kickoffs for me have never been more fun 
kicking off. So the kicker gets to kick it off. The entire team is lined up head-to-head, kind of like it's a dodgeball match, five yards apart from each other on the opposite side of the field, and nobody can move until the return man has caught the ball. But the thing was with the kickers, this is another thing with kickers. They have to be accurate because the ball must land between the end zone and the 20-yard line, or else it's a super touchback, which comes back to the 35-yard line. So it super hurts field position in that aspect. So the return man is going to want to take that ball and return it. And if it just one right block, small little hole, that's going home for the touchdown yeah. because these these are one-on-one battles yeah. up front right by the return man, which I think it makes it very fun to see these players gritted out up front. Uh, so do you, do you guys think that's an improvement on the safety of like the kickoff in terms of uh, like concussions and stuff? It's much different from running at each other from five yards and running at each other from 20 yeah. yards. Being a former football player myself, I hated being on kickoff yeah. because it... I felt like I was going to get laid out every single time, get hit in the head, be out of the game. This way, I do think it's a lot safer. Definitely, yeah. I really do. And that's one thing I, I really also appreciate about it. I know I got at least one concussion from kickoffs and just like 20-yard full speed. Definitely, so. definitely. I mean, question, is this something the NFL possibly might look at to implement the next couple of years? I think the NFL moving forward, depending how well the XFL does, is going to try to drive the XFL out of business. Because they don't want competition. The NFL has never had competition. Yeah. Now they do. But at the same time, they also play in different seasons. So the it's a it's a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, are you ever going to get... Like, this is crazy. But would you ever get a player coming out of college saying, I'd rather play for the XFL than the NFL? Well, I think that really depends on the money. That's probably the biggest factor there. That's yeah. where you got to ask yourself... Are you willing to get paid $20 million and sit on the bench or get paid like $5 million and be a starter? Yeah. Also, overtime rules. That's the third biggest change of the XFL instead of the classic two tries, who wins type of game. If you score a touchdown, the game is over. I think the overtime rules in the NFL is perhaps one of the biggest flaws. And the XFL, it's, it consists of five rounds, very similar to the way uh, NHL and uh, Major League Soccer kind of works out. Uh, so you have five rounds. Each team gets a play. One play to score a point. If you score a point, you get two points, and then the next team gets to go. Whoever has more points after five rounds wins the game. There are no ties. If you're tied after the five rounds, then it keeps going until someone wins the round, and then the game is over. So it's a battle to the end, kind of like a penalty kick that you'll see in Major League Soccer and in Premier League and stuff. So overtime is going to be super exciting. Five yards out, try to get in the end zone, ground and pound it. I want to meet the people who made these rules. They are super creative. (laughs) I love this. I mean, again, like I said earlier, it's pure entertainment value. Mm -hmm. And again, what's more entertaining than going back and forth and back and forth? And like, I mean, you're kind of forcing teams to go back and forth because another team still gets a chance. Yeah. Like I said earlier, like Vince McMahon, what is he? He's with the WWE, which is absolutely pure, nothing but entertainment value. And so, I mean, he knows how to do that very well. Um, And I think this new format new overtime formats, it's like a chess match because that's so dependent on the play call, like who's going to win from the five-yard line. Mm-hmm. One final rule I want to go over just real quick because it's something I find very interesting. The XFL is trying to go for faster gains but the same amount of plays. How are they doing this? They're shortening the play clock. Instead of 40-second play clock like we get in the NFL, you get 25-second play clock here in the XFL. And similar to college, if you get a first down, the play clock starts, you get to move the chains. So that means when you're in the last two minutes of the game, you can run the ball and it's still be a viable option. If you get the first down, play clock starts, you can get to line of scrimmage, hike it again. Also, out of bounds, if you run the ball out of bounds, it no longer stops the clock. The huh. clock keeps going as well. You also only need one foot in bounds, similar to college football as mm. well. 
to make it an official catch. So a lot of play clock changes there. I mean, this changes how plays are going to be called. A lot of quarterbacks are going to be calling their own plays. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, we've seen that in the NFL. A lot of quarterbacks yep. are calling their own plays. But yeah, because the XFL is so fast paced, I think quarterbacks are going to be forced to be doing this. They're going to have to know their playbook and learn yeah. their playbook. Strength well, and conditioning coaches need to get raises. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think well, I think that rule kind of opens up a lot more like in the two minute drill like in the in the NFL for the two minute drill it's like we either need to score or get out of bounds or if we get inbounds we need to run up and spike it but like in, you know in the XFL we I can go anywhere on the field as long as I get a first down then yeah. I'll stop the clock. We've talked about the rules a little bit and how the XFL is laid out. Let's talk about who's actually in the XFL. We have two undefeated teams here at the end of week two. You have the Houston Roughnecks and the DC Defenders. 2-0, both teams looking very impressive. Both teams have a lot of promising studs on this team. Do you think these are the two teams we're going to see in the championship in late April, or do you think there's going to be another team to arise? Who's actually the best team in the XFL? And- DC Defenders, are. I think they're the best team in this league because they have the most quality as far as players go. If Cardell Jones isn't the MVP of this league, I don't know who will be. Yeah. I agree one wholeheartedly, but uh, P.J. Walker, again with Houston, yeah. can't oh. overshadow him. Houston, they have a really good defense. And then if I had to compare the Roughnecks to an NFL team, it would be the Ravens. They have a really good defense, with the, which they showcased against the St. Louis Battlehawks this past weekend. And then they have P.J. Walker, of course. And he's really, he's very elusive. He's very fast. He's very shifty in the open field. Kind of reminds me of Lamar Jackson with just the way he plays. But like you guys said, D.C., they have a lot of well-known names. Cardell Jones, he's playing well. And then at running back, they got Donnell Pumphrey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy from San Diego, mm-hmm. he like I think he was one of the best running backs in college football a couple years back. So a lot of experience, a lot of talent on on the DC defenders. Which NFL players do you think have the best chance of perhaps getting an NFL deal in the next couple of seasons? I mean, right now the favorite's probably Cardell Jones. He's already started a couple games, uh, you know, in mm-hmm. the NFL, and he's you know he's a pocket passer. He's very he's pre- looks pretty technical. He's mobile too. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, if he showed up the way he did at Ohio State, he's going to definitely get a contract somewhere. But there's a couple of players that, like, got released from teams. Like, you have, like, Eli Rogers. Yeah. Like, those kind of guys. I mean, I'm just looking at um, D.C. defenders. A lot of those kind of players are going to get looks. But I think the question is, would you rather be a star in the XFL or a third-string quarterback on an NFL team? And that's what these players are going to have to answer. Every player is different. No one has a straight answer for that. It's all depending on who you are. This NFL offseason, I mean, we're we're about to talk about who's going to go where, but this NFL offseason could also be interesting for the XFL and how good the XFL really is if teams are asking them to come to their team. Whether they stay in the XFL or not will show how good the XFL is. I do want to take a hot take real quick because I have one player that's been very overlooked this season, and in the next couple of weeks, I expect this player to go off and lead the XFL in rushing yards by the end of the season and touchdowns, and that's Dallas Renegades running back Cameron Artis Payne. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. former NFL running back. This kid is lighting it up he hasn't gotten that many touches but when he has gotten the ball he's been probably the most explosive player in the league he's getting the touchdowns getting the yards is getting his team the points putting them where they need to be and this player is going to keep getting the ball more and more and more and eventually he's going to be the best running back in the xfl you heard it here first on beyond the blitz i believe it <laughs> justin do you know what time it is what time is it it's time for way too early predictions my friend now, when I say way too early predictions, it's not really way too early. In fact, it's pretty much promptly just right on time type of situations to predict. As we are going to look at three categories for free agency this season in the NFL, not the X, but the NFL, we're going to look at which players 
will not get signed by anybody by the beginning of the season, which players are going to re-sign with the team that they played for last season, and which players are going to sign with a different team by the beginning of next season. We each have three players written down. We're going to go around and we're going to discuss. So, Joe, you want to kick us off with who you think will not be signed next season? Yeah. Uh, my favorite for that category is Andrew Whitworth, left tackle for the Rams. He's had a very long, uh, successful career. He's been one of the well best well-known names uh, you know, at the position of left tackle. Obviously, once you get up to late 30s at a position like left tackle, it's just... It gets to a point where uh, it's not really viable anymore. But, I mean, he's had a great career, but I think he's going to he's gonna hang up the boots. That kind of surprises me. I think he has at least one or two more years left in him, but if his time is up, depends on how much money he's going to ask for. I mean, this is the year of left tackles that are super old. Like, you have yeah. him, and you also have Jason Peters, who's like yeah. 38, yeah. 39. Yeah. So there's a lot of left tackles that are deciding, do I want to retire? Do I want to leave my team? Yeah. Will my team even want me? So it just all depends on if teams just want to go younger, because in this upcoming draft, there are a lot of good tackles coming up. Yeah. So again, a lot of teams are going to have to make these decisions. The Rams yeah. still have a really solid team. I could see them signing Whitworth to a one-year deal and just trying to make one final yeah. push before he retires. I mean, he, he, he definitely played at a high level level the past season yeah uh, in the past two seasons so uh we'll see about that now for who do i think is gonna stay with the team that they're already worth my favorite is melvin gordon i looked him up on twitter earlier and he was having a workout this past week with derwin james melvin ingram uh, and another chargers teammate so i mean my thinking there is like if he was thinking about leaving he probably wouldn't be working out with the teammates on the Chargers right now. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, I think they really like him at running back. He's been a really high performer uh, when he's been healthy. I mean, if you're the Chargers, you're looking to draft a quarterback. And yeah. what better way to have a quarterback come in than have a solid running back in yeah. the backfield? So I could definitely see the yeah. Chargers re-signing him solely for that purpose. Yeah, and Phillip Rivers being out of there also opens up, opens up a lot of cap space, so I don't think that'll be an issue for them. Absolutely. Now, who do I think will get signed with a different team? This one's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of very like interesting possibilities. I think Shady McCoy, huh. he's kind of bounced around the past few seasons, and uh, I believe he got injured uh, early in the season with the Chiefs this year. Mm -hmm. They have Damian Williams, who I think gets the job done, certainly. He can do it all out of the backfield. So mm -hmm. I think Shady is going to go somewhere uh, where they're where they're in need of of a uh, you know first and second down rusher, uh, maybe Chicago, maybe the Lions might pick him up. Mm -hmm. So I mean, yeah, I mean he's 32, I believe. He's still got a lot of gas in the tank left. So I mean, I think he's a high priority target. He said he wants to play, and I would love to see him go back to Philly for Absolutely. one last shot. That would be awesome. Absolutely. So he was a player I was very high on most of the season, and he disappointed me time and time again. Maybe he can make it work somewhere else. Yeah. Excited to see that. All right, now we come to my player that won't get signed. I want to go to someone who isn't like 38, 39, um, because there's a lot of players who are not going to get signed because they're up there in age. But I'm going to go like a guy who's like 31, 32. I want to go Bruce Irving pass rusher um i think was with the raiders a couple years ago i forget who he was with this past season but he's been bouncing around a lot of teams and he again like he's 32 years old 31 uh, and i just don't think he's gonna get the job done i think he's gonna be one of those guys like a terrell suggs kind of signing week five week six comes in when a guy gets hurt or kind of be that player comes off the bench gets like still produces four or five sacks mm. next year for someone who's contending. So I can definitely see him as someone who would come in and definitely be someone who contributes to a team in the middle of the season. Yeah, 
he, he had some solid seasons with the Ravens, uh, or not the Raiders, the Raiders a couple years ago. Uh, I think he was with Carolina this past season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, didn't hear his name a lot, but that might be, you know, I mean, their defense in general didn't do very well. Um, but we'll see. I think I agree with you. I think he's probably, he probably won't get picked up right away, but maybe somewhere down the road. And as a player who will not return to their team, I'm going to say Yannick Ngakwe. And I know, Brandon, me and you were arguing about yeah. this a little bit before um, we recorded this podcast, but I just don't see Yannick coming back to the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars, I mean, we've said this time and time again, it just seems like they're always going through a rebuild, and the Jaguars just sometimes don't know who to sign when. And I just see them as a team team who will just let him walk so I guess the question is who's gonna sign him and I look at who has the most cap space coming into oh this offseason and there's one team that has 90 plus million according to uh spot track and it is the Miami Dolphins oh, they right. have oh, a really. lot of cap space and a lot of draft yeah. picks the Miami Dolphins might make the playoffs next year because of how much. <laughs> Careful. I, I know. Way too early predictions. This a is a way too might. early prediction right here. Are they going to win the AFC East, Justin? No, that's the Bills. All the way. <laughs> Always the Bills. But I could see the Miami Dolphins because when you think about players who leave a team because of money, they usually go to a team that has a lot of cap space. So this isn't just about the Dolphins being a younger team, but they have the most cap space and they're willing to give a lot of money to what I would say is one of the better pass rushers in the NFL in Yannick Ngakwe. Definitely one of the better pass rushers. But when you were talking about cap space for a second, I thought you were going to go the Kansas City Chiefs route because they're third in cap space and they are the Super Bowl really? champions. Yeah. Yes. This team is going to be even more stat net season. And a player like Yannick Ngakwe, who, but I don't think he's going to leave Jacksonville. Jacksonville would be making a huge mistake if they let this kid walk. Uh, but again, we're assuming that Jacksonville is a competent franchise when they have proven over and over again. They are not. <laughs> yeah. So, if, And if he walked, that would be the fall of Saxonville, sadly. Yeah. No more Saxonville. And as a player who will stay, I'm going to go someone, this will be a little bit surprising. He's not a well-known player, but a player who's been very productive for his team. I'm going to say Joe Schobert. I think he's going to have to resign with the Cleveland Browns because he is the middle of that defense. They do have a lot of pieces around. Olivier Vernon is leaving, so they're going to lose a little bit of cap um, because of that. And they'll be able to pay what I would say is one of their best defensive players. He led the team in tackles. He got a couple turnovers for the team. Even though the team didn't do that well, he was the glue of that defense. They're going to have to resign him, and I think he will resign with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he's been leading the league in tackles at various points. Maybe yeah. maybe he didn't end the season uh, with that title, but I know at various points in his career he's been really high up there. Yeah. I guess moving on to my picks now, I'm going to start out with will not get re-signed as you guys have. I got a kind of surprising player right here. This is definitely still one of the better players at his position this season, but he is just going to want way too much money, and no one's going to want to give him this money by the start of the season, and that is legendary defensive tackle Indomitian Sue. For most of his career, Sue has had disciplinary issues. He's one of the highest-paid defensive players in the NFL for a team that is struggling but is also improving. Tampa Bay is probably going to want to flush that out a little bit. They're going to want to improve their cat space. This team is in heading the right direction and cleaning up this cat space could definitely help Tampa Bay move in the right direction because they are paying this kid way too much money. He's going to get released. No one's going to pick him up until week four of next season where the Los Angeles Rams pick him up and mm. Aaron Donald and Indominus Sue on the front together in that 4-3 defense. Hasn't that, that's already, has that been a thing already? Weren't, weren't they, uh, weren't they both playing together? Like, 
couple years ago. I don't think so. I also don't think this is gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's a fantasy of mine. Hot take. That's Nadal can do is one of the best plugs when it comes to stopping the run game. He is the reason why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the best rush defense in the NFL. Definitely. And so I'm looking at teams here, and like if I think the Jacksonville Jaguars will get rid of Ngakwe, I think Jaguars. I mean, they're 28th in stopping the run. The Redskins are there. Cincinnati. There's a lot of teams that did not stop the run, and he would be the guy that you'd want to get, but. I think with Shaq Barrett being there and the Buccaneers are going to mm-hmm. get, they have to give him the money because yeah. he was the best pass rusher in the NFL. Shaq yeah. Barrett is a free agent. they got to resign him. Yeah, so I would rather resign him. him than Nadam Kinsu. Yeah. Sue's also been going in and out of teams a lot lately, and there's got to be a reason for that. I don't think a team's going to pick him up at the beginning of the season. I could also see him returning to Detroit, though, kind of one last hurrah before he retires back to his hometown. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. As far as a player I think is going to be re-signed, I could go the obvious route. I could talk about Brandon Scherf. Obviously, he's going to stay. Derrick Henry, they'd be stupid to let him walk. But a player I want to talk about, and not getting as much buzz as he probably should, he is one of the best tight ends in football, and that's Falcons tight end Austin Hooper. Mm. He's a free agent this year. They've already let players like Vic Beasley walk. Atlanta doesn't have that much cap space, but Austin Hooper is definitely one of the biggest playmakers in the NFL right now at the tight end position. When healthy, this kid was the number one tight end until he got injured. Don't forget that. He has a 92 overall rating to Madden. Also, don't forget that. <laughs> I mean, he was one of the best tight ends in fantasy football. I mean, he was the one that you wanted yes. to pick up. But also, you talk about the Falcons. I mean, they're saying they might release Devontae Freeman. Could that be a hint that they want to give a lot of that money to Austin Hooper? Freeman is getting overpaid ridiculous amounts of money for nothing. Atlanta yeah. needs to release Freeman to make that money for Hooper. If Atlanta lets Hooper go, this team will not see the playoffs for five seasons. Hooper mm. is the backbone of that offense, and if he leaves, Atlanta leaves. Yeah. You need someone to, to distract from Julio Jones because, you know, if he leaves, you can double and triple team Julio. I wanted to stick with Atlanta, but, you know, I'm, I got I want to move on to a different team I wanted to talk about uh, my Chris Harris going to Atlanta prediction because Atlanta loves their veteran defensive backs <laughs> uh, out of free agency, but I don't think they're going to go that route. There is another player out there who is going to bring in even more buzz. Cincinnati Bengals tied in. Tyler Eifert is a free agent this year. They have Azuma who stepped up last season and proved that he could be a number one tight end. Cincinnati is going to be making a lot of changes. They are in the rebuild mode, and most teams in rebuilding mode gets rid of some of their best players. They have to resign AJ Green. AJ Green has to be the priority, and Tyler Eifert is going to be the casualty. Tyler Eifert is going to leave Cincinnati, and he is going to go to the Tennessee Titans to join up with Delaney Walker. Oh. Delaney Walker has been battling injuries on and off for a while, hasn't seen the field very much, and Jimmy Smith, who is their starting tight end now, isn't that impressive. This is a team that made it to the conference championship game, and a player like Tyler Eifert to make the difference between them losing that game and winning this game. I mean, it all depends how much money he wants, because if you're the Titans, you have to re-sign Derrick Henry, which is going to be a lot of money for the 2020 season. They need to. And Ryan Tannehill. One of those two players they're going to do the franchise tag for, and that's a lot of money. That's the highest paid player at the position for that year. That's what the franchise tag is. I don't think they'll have enough money to sign Tyler Eifert. So are we sure that Marcus Mariota is out of there? Yeah, he's out. Definitely. I honestly don't know if I would franchise tag uh, Ryan Tannehill if I were them. Hmm. I mean, you look at their three playoff games. He was efficient, but in all three of them, he th- I think he threw for less than 100 yards. Yeah. 
I could definitely see Ryan Tannehill being the type of player to take a huge pay cut. Mm. He knows that not many teams wanted to take a chance on a player that had half a good season after not playing for a while. Right. Tannehill is on a good team. I think he likes exactly where he is. He earned that starting job. Yeah. He's going to take a pay cut so this team can sign players like Tyler Eifert to give him more offensive weapons so he can prove his own personal legacy that he is a quality starter. But he yeah. also got to look, Tyler Eifert has had an injury history as well, so I feel like he'll also maybe take a pay cut because of that as well. Yep, I can definitely see that. Derrick Henry, on the other hand, I think he's oh, going to no. demand the big butts. Oh, yeah. I would... And if they let Derrick Henry walk, just same thing I said about Austin Hooper in Atlanta, Tennessee walks, no, they, they walk right out of the playoffs. By the end of this offseason, Derrick Henry's going to be the highest paid running back in the NFL. Absolutely. He should be. I, he should be. definitely deserved it. He carried his team to the conference championship game single-handedly. Literally. Yeah. Monster. Well, that's about all the time we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. We covered all our segments today. I hope you enjoyed our show. If you have not already, please go check out our Twitter page. That is beyond underscore blitz. We post content every single day as well as teasers for our upcoming episodes and announcements. Thank you very much for listening. Blitz crew, as always, Brandon Wells, Justin Rogers, special guest today, Joe Karen. Thank you very much for coming out. And tune in next Friday for a brand new episode. And stay purple. This is Beyond the Blitz.